Ann Shockey, a former flower shop and boutique owner turned creative business coach. With over 23 years of entrepreneurial experience, I've tried all kinds of things. Some worked well, some didn't. Whether you're just opening your first business or maybe your third or you're somewhere in between, I've got you covered. From opening businesses to branding and niching to rebranding to marketing to managing a team of employees, all while having three babies, to successfully selling a business and then to starting the next one. I'll help you combine the practical day-to-day how-to's of business with empowering entrepreneurial mindsets to create a business and life that feels good to you. I'll help you start thinking like a successful entrepreneur so you can be a successful entrepreneur. If you want to get focused, get organized, be efficient, and stay on track, and brilliantly leverage that creative mind of yours, join me. If you're ready to feel confident in your business decisions, while also feeling more freedom and grace and ease around your business, this is the place for you. I created The Brilliant Creative for business owners who need a place to connect, who need a place to think big and see momentum in their creative business. And I did it because I love creatives. I am one. And I love all things creative. From makers to painters to photographers to interior designers to florists and bakers and course creators. I'm here to help you make more, work less, and feel good about it. And the coach in me wants to teach you how to navigate all those blocks that are often in your way. Want to make sure you never have to go back to that nine to five? You got to start thinking differently. So join me each week as we help you get clear, get a plan and get moving so you can live the life that you've always dreamed of. At The Brilliant Creative, you get to love your work. Let's begin. Okay, friends, if you're tuning in here, you might want to make sure you listen to Missy Part 1, which is Episode 5. This is Episode 6, Missy Part 2. As previously mentioned, I could talk to Missy for hours about her business and how she got to where she is, which is why I thought it was best to have a Missy Part 1 and Missy Part 2. Let's dive back in. Missy, welcome back. Um, you you. You know what I love about your story is that it helps people live in the land of possibility. Your story shows people what is possible. And as a coach, I've seen what can happen when people really follow their heart and soul. And when people try things, in the beginning of your business, you just tried, you started, you didn't let a lot hold you back. And then this business took on a life of its own. Does that resonate with you, this thought about living in the land of possibility? Absolutely. I think anything is possible. And I think we just have to be open to trying new things and open to, you know, whatever comes our way, you know, we just have to roll with it. And, you know, it's, it's amazing the, the doors that have opened um, since I, you know, quit my job in the corporate world and pursued this full time. Like I would have never dreamt about the things that have happened that have actually happened. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so we're going to get back to my bank of interview questions, which is long because we want to know everything about you. So here we go. Creative brain. Let's talk creative brain. Creative brains are really unique in comparison to other brains. Can you tell us about how you get your ideas and where you're inspired? You know, my ideas come from the most random places. Nature is a lot of them. Um, I, I don't find my ideas in typical places. Like some people think that creative people just must sit and look at Pinterest for hours. I pretty much never go to Pinterest 
for an idea. Now, if I want to learn how to do something, I go to Pinterest. My ideas just kind of come to me and I have a notebook, but I don't always write my ideas down because what I have found is if it's an idea that comes and I forget about it, it wasn't meant to be. But if it's an idea I can't let go of and I keep going back to it, it keeps popping up in my mind, then I know it's something that I need to keep, I need to work on it. Like it keeps coming back to me for a reason. And I need to figure out what that is and I need to work on it. So I don't always write things down because I just want to test myself and see, did I forget about it? It Did it, did it pop into my brain at 2 a.m. and I woke up? If I'm still thinking about it when I wake up again, then I know it's a good one. But if it's gone, then I don't even think, I don't even worry about it anymore. I don't even try to remember what it was because I know it was just one of those fleeting things that just, nah, it, that wasn't meant to be the thing that I work on today. So a lot of times I get ideas when I'm out for a walk or out on the boat, on the lake, doing whatever, you know, all of a sudden these ideas will just come to me. I find I get my ideas best when I actually do slow down and relax a little bit, take a vacation, go away for a while, come back and, you know, kind of see what's bubbling up at the surface at that time. Okay, so here's a question. Um, Do you get ideas in the shower or while you're driving long distances? Those are two places lots of people get ideas. Um, Yes, to both of those. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And what, um, what the scientists, the brain scientists say is that your brain goes into a different state because there's all these different wave states like theta, beta wave state. And so um, it's fascinating because when you get in the car and you kind of just turn into autopilot, your brain is able to kind of calm down a little bit and it can reach different parts of the depths of your brain. And it, and it does like problem solving, it quietly does problem solving. And then one of those like problems that maybe you've been trying to solve or something you've been trying to figure out, then it'll come to the surface and you'll be driving along, which is why I have a notebook in my car, because it happens all the time. I drive to Minneapolis a bunch. But what do you do to capture your ideas? You know, like I said, sometimes I will write them down, but other times I just, I kind of just keep letting them brew in the brain. Like I just say, I let, I just, I sit on them for a while, depending on what it is, you know, because those ideas do come to you often in opportune times. It's not like I can, you know, go make it right then and there. So if it's something that keeps coming back to me and I keep thinking about it, it generally will come back to me when I do have a moment to make it, if that makes any sense. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this right now. Um, and then I just see what comes from it when I start actually, you know, sketching things out. Sometimes I will do a rough sketch. Sometimes I'll just actually start making a pattern or I'll just start putting together whatever it is I'm thinking about. The, the mushrooms for me, that happened last year. I, I don't even remember exactly where I was and why I thought about embroidering on mushrooms. Like, I, I don't know where that even came from. Um, I used to do embroidery a long time ago and it was just something that just came to me and I had made mushrooms long ago when I first started making gnomes quite a few years ago, but then I stopped making those, but they weren't embroidered like they are. They're totally different than they were back then, but it was just something like the more I would go on walks, the more I would just see things I think in nature and outside and I would just see flowers and just different things would inspire me. And I just... I just kind of go from whatever's in my mind. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I'll tell you that when I've asked other people where they get their creative inspiration, it's everywhere. 
Like there's no one place like, Oh, I go here. And then I'm, then I've got it. It's literally everywhere. And I can't go looking for it. It comes, I let the inspiration generally come to me. If I'm trying to figure something out, I know I need to just give myself time and the ideas will pop in. Like I will, I will get those ideas, but I, I can't go searching it out. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, it's interesting because when I had the flower shop, I saw a picture of apples in a crate and they had had a couple flowers with it. I'm like, I really want to make something like that. And then I kind of created my own and ever. And so at the flower shop, we would make these crates and the whole idea from crates came from this one picture, which was in a magazine. And it was a picture of the New York farmer's market. And somebody had apples in a little wooden crate with some flowers in it somehow and a little bit of greenery. I'm like, I want to recreate that somehow. And, and literally it had, it created, I mean, I'm going to say 15 years of us making these crates that people ordered over and over and over and over again. We put fruits in them, we put flowers in them, we put moss in them, we put, I mean, everything in them. So just really, really fascinating. Creative ideas are coming from everywhere. Okay, Missy, you've had some really cool successes these past years. One of them involved your giant size picture hanging from every Michael's Crafter in the United States. So cool. <laughs> Can you tell us about how you were chosen to be one of Michael's makers? Um, you know, they reached out to me at the end of 2019 and asked me if I would like to do a specific project and what my compensation would be and all that. And so I filled out their form and replied and I made the thing. I did all the things that they needed me to do and posted on Instagram. And then every month of 2020, um, they had me making different things for them, you know, different collaborations, different things that we were a part of working together. And then at the end of the year, they had told me that I was selected to be part of their marketing campaign for the the new year. And I, I, I was surprised. I was very surprised. I didn't know. I don't know how I was selected. I just was, they just chose me and two other makers at the time. And yeah, it was crazy. And I didn't even really know the full scope of what it was going to be. It wasn't until I walked into the store and was like, oh, that's what they're like. I really just didn't know. They don't give you a lot of detail. It's kind of like, this is what we're thinking. This is what we need. Yada, yada, yada you know, I didn't realize the magnitude of what that was going to become. I was shocked because I walked into Michael's and I'm like, Oh my gosh. I mean, the pictures were humongous. It was like, that is Missy. Missy is yeah. up there. Like, wow. And it's humongous. It was so fun. I mean, seriously, I took it, like 29 pictures. <laughs> it was really fun. And one of the other makers that was up there was somebody that I have been admiring for many years and that was Katie at Just Add Sunshine. And, you know, she was on the cover of a magazine. Oh, gosh. Like, I think 2016, somewhere in that time frame. And because of her craft room. And, you know, they featured her craft room. And it totally inspired me to redo my craft room at the time and make it bright and colorful and cheery and happy. And she's just someone I had reached out to. And we've just been kind of internet buddies for all this time. And she's just so much fun. So I was so honored to be, like, up there in Michael's, like next to Katie, I was like, this is just the coolest thing ever. You know, it was just so cool. It was so cool. Yeah. That was a really like exciting time. Okay. What other exciting opportunities have been offered to you just as a result of being and doing what you love, Missy? 
You know, there's another company I work with quite a bit and they're called Create Room Co. And they make what they call the dream box. And it started out as the scrap box because they made it for scrapbookers. Um, And it's this great, big, beautiful cabinet. And they reached out to me, gosh, two years ago now to see if I wanted to partner with them. And they were going to send me one of these cabinets. And I have been partnering with them now for two years. And they are just such a wonderful company to work with. You know, they support the creators that they work with you know, by sharing new product with us and, you know, asking us our opinions on things and, you know, what would work better for you as a maker, as a crafter, what would you like to see? And, you know, here's a campaign that we've got coming up. What do you think of this? You know, they're just great to work with and their products are absolutely amazing. Like I just can't get over the quality and the, you know, how good they are. And and I'm just so honored that I have like their dream box in my craft room. Like, it re- like for me, it really was one of those dreams. Like I, I wanted to buy one and I was like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. And then I didn't buy one. And then it wasn't much longer after that, that they reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we want to send you one for free. Okay. So awesome. So yeah. awesome. Okay. Is it right behind you? Right it now? Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah, God. That big, beautiful cabinet back there. It's gorgeous. It is it's so beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a dream box. It's, it's really it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know how I feel about systems. When we do something over and over in our business and we decide we need a system or a routine or an automation that will take care of it for us, wondering what automations or systems have really paid off for you, either with your shipping program, because you guys do a lot of shipping, or your product creation, or your daily plan, or your monthly plan, or your social media. Do you have automations or systems that save you time, energy, and probably therefore money? Yeah. Um, You know, one of the things I do when I create my products is I batch make everything. Like I don't make one of anything at a time. I will make a batch of 50 or maybe 100, you know, depending on. So I have a definitely have a process when it comes to making um, and how I you know, I first I pull all the sweaters out of the bins and decide, okay, which grouping do I want to put together? And what does that look like? And then I, you know, cut everything apart. And then I sew every, you know, like I have a process on how I make everything and put it all together, which saves me a ton of time. And I'm able to make a lot more than I would if I just made one gnome. And then I made a pumpkin and then I made another gnome. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, we make a whole batch of everything at the same time. Same thing goes for shipping. You know, when we do our shipping, I will pull together the reports and I just make a spreadsheet on my computer and pull together all of the customer's orders. And then I pack them up and Mike calls them to the garage and then he ships them all out and prints the labels, you know, but we do everything in big batches. We don't do any one thing singly, if that makes sense. Um, So that's a big thing. I don't really have, I mean, as far as automation goes, we've talked about accounting and bookkeeping and I kind of let them do all of that. Um, but And I know there's reports that are automated through my web host, which is Shopify. And, you know, they pull all those necessary reports that they need. But it's nice because everything is put together for them through the web host. And so they don't have to manually make any of these reports. It's already all done for them. So it it helps on the accounting side of it as well. And other than that, I mean, I don't use a lot of... I'm not a spreadsheet person. I'm not really a numbers person. You know, if you ask me how many gnomes I sold last year, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I have no idea um, because I just don't keep track. But I do have someone that 
could look all that up for me if I needed to know. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she's also one of the girls that comes and helps me during the week. She helps me make stuff and put stuff together. She does some of the sewing for me, just depending on what we have going on at the time. And, you know, she is a numbers girl and she loves it. And she's mm-hmm. like, give me Excel all day, every day. And I'll, so I'll just tell her, Hey, I need to know this, this, and this. And she'll put together those reports for me in a way that makes it simple for me to just look at it. And it takes her like 10 minutes where it would take me three hours, you know? Um, so just letting, finding those other key people that can do those things for you is also for me, that's my system is finding the people mm-hmm. that can do the things that I'm not good at. Okay. Let's talk about going from, because people who are listening are, are wondering about this. Let's go from getting a paycheck every two weeks to now you have paycheck based on events, right? You have a restock and then there's a paycheck and you're the one who's really deciding when this happens, how it happens, how often it happens. What does it feel like to be in charge of your own paycheck? Because I imagine there's some good and there's some stressful. There is. And I'm going to go right back to my accountant because she told me you need a paycheck every two weeks because I wasn't doing that. The biggest thing, if you're going to run a business, keep your business money separate from your personal money. Like immediately, that should be the first thing you do is set up separate accounts for everything because otherwise it is just a big old mess and nobody wants to sort through that. And even if you're not sorting through it, you're going to pay someone else to do it. So keeping your money separate is key. Having a business credit card, having personal, you know, like everything should be separate is a big thing. Um, And for the longest time, I was not collecting a paycheck. And I won't say I had necessarily bad habits because what I was doing wasn't wrong. Um, But it wasn't saving me any money. And so then my accountant was like, you know what, we're going to do this a little bit differently. This is what I want you to do. And so again, it's having those people that know this stuff to help you figure it out. So she said, you need a paycheck every other week. And so does Mike. This is how we're going to set you up. This is what you need to do. This is what I'm going to do. And so now actually I do get a paycheck every two weeks and it's different. It's different than what I'm used to because I was used to just looking at the account and being like, oh yeah, I've got money. We can buy that or, you know, whatever it might be. But now, so my business accounts are completely still separate from personal but I get that paycheck every two weeks into my personal account. And, you know, my accountant was another person that helped me figure out what bills do we pay from the business and what bills do we pay from our personal accounts? You know, like mm-hmm. having that, I mean, she's invaluable to me, like, mm-hmm. because they know this stuff. They know it like the back of their hand. Like mm-hmm. they are the experts. That is their zone of genius to be the ones to say, no, 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 don't do it like this that's costing you more money. It's costing you more time. This is how we need to. And once you get those systems in place and set up, like I said, I don't think about that at all. You know, like they take care of it all hundred percent and I'm happy to pay them to do that. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even get me started. Right. Um, Those people. Okay. If you're a spreadsheet person, we would be good friends. Okay. Are you, um, are you able to tell us when your business first became profitable? I imagine it was so long ago, but I'm sure people are curious. Like, when did you start really making a profit? You know, this is unusual, but my business was profitable right from the beginning. I've never taken out a loan for my business and I have never had any business debt. 
Um, I use a business credit card for my business purchases, um, but we pay that off with the business every single month. So we don't carry any debt, um, but it's unique because we work from home. I buy what I need when I need it. Um, I'm able to stock up on supplies, but I don't need a warehouse. I don't need, you know, I don't have to lease a place to work from. You know, I'm able to do everything from my home. And I've been fortunate to have like the home we were in prior had enough space where it allowed us to do what we needed to do without having to build another building or do anything like that. We were, we've always been able to make it work within the space that we currently have. Mm -hmm. Um, we are looking at expanding in 2021 where we're going to build on our own property though. So we're not going to be, you know, taking on any debt to do what we need to do for our business. And we've been very lucky to do that. So we've been making a profit since we first started. Good. Congratulations. Thank you. And building a business building on your own property is a brilliant financial decision. I mean, the, of course, the accountants will tell you that. And so if you have a business that is growing and you are stuck on money, accountants and bookkeepers are helpful. I will say I would first go to an accountant to get some questions answered. And then a bookkeeper is usually the one who's they're filling out the spreadsheets for the accountant to analyze. So if, you, if you're feeling stuck around money, I would encourage you to ask yourself the question, what would it take for me to get unstuck here? And how do I want to show up around money in my business? And um, oftentimes your answer will be, well, I kind of want to be brilliant about it. And since I'm not the one who's brilliant about it, perhaps I should get some professional help. Uh, CPA, a, a certified public account, is a certified professional account is worth all the dollars. Whatever, whatever dollars you spend on them, it is worth every penny. So, um, I highly recommend if you are in that space that you consider just talking to one. At least just talk to one. Missy agrees. Missy's not the ball rolling. Yeah, the ball rolling. Yeah. Okay. So, Miss, uh, September's coming up. October, November, December, exciting times for creative business. What's next? What's happening for you during those months? Um, These are our busiest months of the year. Um, We will have another show in November with the Duluth Junk Hunt. And I mean, November is our biggest month of the whole year, all the time. Um, Small Business Saturday is huge for us. So we really just start planning now um, for these upcoming months, um, just planning making sure the right people are in the right places. Um, you know, that I'm getting all of my supplies now that we're ordering things that might take a little bit longer for shipping, whatever it is, making sure we have everything that we need on hand so that we don't have to spend a lot of time chasing those things down. So preparing now for busy months is key. Um, and just getting all the supplies and everything that we need. So fun. I'm just picturing you like, getting the sweaters and just doing all the things that you need to do. It's just really fun. Um, Okay. So it sounds like you you just told me what you do kind of in preparation for these big months. So it sounds like you have to do planning, like lots of planning far ahead of time, because here we are in August and you're already thinking about doing all these other things. How do you plan? And like, what do your planning sessions look like? Typically I plan, like I'll sit down, especially Monday mornings or sometimes even Sunday evenings so that I can just hit the ground running on Monday. 
But I just sit down with my planner, with a notebook, and just really figure out what are the next two weeks going to look like? And then even further, like what does the next month look like? And what do I need to do now to be ready for that? And I just plan out my work days and I plan out like, when am I going to have my restocks? And so what do I need to do in order to get ready for those? Like, what does that calendar look like? You know, and right now I'm looking at that for the rest of the season, you know, so through the middle of December, I'm already planned out on what days I'm going to have restocks, what I'm going to offer at each of those restocks. And then what do I need to do? You know, because I also have to think about holidays and what DIY kits do we want to offer? So I need some time to design those make them, finish them, photograph them, get them on the website, get all that things done. You know, what newsletters do I need to send out? You know, so it's all of those things that we're constantly thinking about and looking forward to and just really making sure we've sat down um, and taken. And it's just generally Mondays. And I just I like to allow myself a couple of hours to do the planning that I need to. Sometimes it takes me 30 minutes. And sometimes it might take a couple hours, depending on how long I'm planning for. Mm. Do you set goals? Or maybe you call them like intentions? One of my therapist friends, she calls them intentions. I like intentions, because it seems less daunting than goals. It does. Yes. Um, But I do set goals. Um, Every month, I set, you know, a dollar goal for the business based on what we did the month the year prior and the same month and just kind of look at where do I want to increase the business? But then again, it's also not just setting that dollar goal, then it's a product goal. Like how much do I have to make then in order to hit this number? So I have to sit down and you know do the math and figure out how many of every one thing do we need to make and sell to be able to hit that goal. Yeah, I love that. And it's great that you have information from the year before. Yeah. Like that's kind of golden information. Definitely. Yeah, because you can compare a little bit. Yeah. Um, so Missy and coaching, I talk a lot about boundaries with my clients, having boundaries around you, around your time or your workspace, boundaries with or around your family and family time, boundaries with yourself even. Are there boundaries you've set that have been really helpful to keep you and your business on track? Yeah. When I first left the corporate world, I was found myself working way more than what I wanted to be working. And so I found that I needed to keep a normal schedule, like allow myself to take a little break at 10 o'clock and maybe go have a snack or do something and allow myself to take an hour for lunch if I wanted and to decompress and to just walk away from work, sit down, maybe do a little reading, catch up on Instagram, whatever it might be. And then trying to wrap up my day at five o'clock. I try not to work evenings. I try also to not work at all on the weekends anymore. And that was something Oh, I did for so long, like every night and every weekend was work, work, work. And that was all I did, even when I was doing this full time and not working the corporate world anymore. Um, And it took me a while to really allow myself to take that time off and to make time for vacations and trips and for other things that pop up in my days and weeks. I'm finding I'm saying yes to more and more things than I ever used to. You know, somebody would say, hey, can you do this on Thursday at four o'clock? And I, immediately my reaction is, no, I can't, I'm busy. And I, I've really had to train myself to really stop and think about it and really plan my day then around that so that I'm allowing myself to see my friends and to go out and do things and to just go do other things other than working. And so what has that done for you? Um, it's just, I feel like I have a lot more balance like work-life balance is, you know, I work from home. 
it's very easy to work all the time because it's always right here. It definitely helps me that my workspace is not in my house, um, that I can close the door and I can shut off the lights and walk away at the end of the day. And I don't feel a tug to go back to that space unless I really want to. Where before when my workspace was right in my house, it was right there. I'm like, well, I'm just going to go putz with this for a minute. Five hours later, I'm still putzing with whatever. You know what I mean? So I have much better balance and free time to do the things that I really want to do. You know, we moved to a lake because we love being on the water. And so allowing ourselves to take the days where it's really nice to go do whatever we want to do has been great. Yeah. And interesting because your craft room is actually a boundary. How you said, I can shut the door. I can come down here and I can work and then I can shut the door at the end of the day, walk away. And I I don't feel the need to go back down. I mean, it's a very physical boundary. So um, yeah, it's it's really helpful for people to have boundaries. I hear you saying you have all kinds. Yes, I do. Okay. So if somebody wanted to find products that you have that are available like now, where could they find you? They um, could go to our website, the littlegreenbean.com. Okay. Um, and anything that we have available 24 seven is on the website now. And that's, you know, mostly our DIY items. We do some laser engraving. So if you need a mug or cutting boards and things like that, you can place orders for all of those things. Um, and then we have our restocks. We don't have firm dates on them because I like to part of my boundaries is keeping things a little bit flexible. And so, um, you know, our restocks, we talk about them on Instagram and let you know when they're going to be, but they're generally um, every other Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Central Time, um, right on our website as well. Mm, okay, so good. So good. Yeah. So that's yeah. the littlegreenbean.com. And that'll be in the show notes too, you guys. And then if you could give one piece of advice, or maybe inspiration to a bunch of creative people that have a business now or desperately want to start a business, what would you say to them? Um, To just start, to just do it and stop waiting for everything to be perfect because nothing will ever be perfect and nothing will ever be 100% ready. Now, I could say I wish I would have left my job sooner, but I, I I don't regret, I don't regret any of it because I think I left when the timing was right for me and what I learned in that job from the people I work with help me every single day in this business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just feel like, I don't know, things happen for a reason. And I truly believe that. And I think I, I left when I was meant to, um, I stayed as long as I was meant to be there. And, but for people that just keep thinking about it, you have to just start somewhere. And, you know, I get this question a lot from people is like, well, what should I make? And, That's the other thing. Like nobody can tell you what to make. You have to make what you're passionate about. Like what gets you excited? Don't copy other people. That is the other biggest thing. Don't see someone else's success and try to make it your own. Do your own thing because by copying other people, you're not doing anything to support your own creativity and it won't last. That's the other thing is that will fizzle away. So the biggest thing is to just do what's true to yourself and what you love and what brings you joy and put your own spin on things. It's one thing to be inspired by other people. It is completely different to copy people. So be inspired. Don't copy. Oh, love that. Love all of that. So Missy, on all fronts, your business is very successful. When you look back at these years, it's been, am I right? It's been about 
seven years since 2014, which is when you started making the first bags. That was 2009. Oh my gosh. I wrote, yeah. I wrote it down on 2009. Look at the whole picture, right? Since you first started sewing anything, what would you say when you look back, you would attribute your success to? I think, you know, just being true to who I was as a creator and just making the things that spoke to me, um, making things that I was inspired by and listening to my customers, you know, really figuring out what are they looking for? What do they want to buy? Um, you know, why do they want to buy it? You know, what, how can I fix, fill a void for people? You know, what are they looking for? And really helping me, you know, figure that out. And over time it evolves, like it's changed so much since I started. Um, and a big part of that is just kind of me trying things, seeing what worked, seeing what didn't. I mean, many things didn't work at all um, or something didn't work when I tried it. And then I tried it again a little bit differently and a little bit later. And then it worked, you know, trends come and go. Um, people's buying habits change. It's, so it's just really being able to be okay with things not working and knowing it's not a personal thing. It's just it's not the right time, or it's just not right for the customer, whatever it might be. Um, just really figuring out what works best for you when, and, you know, just kind of listening and watching for those cues and just following your gut on things is a big part of it for me. Lots of intuition. Lots of intuition. Yeah. So Missy, you know that one of the things I believe a hundred percent is that we should love our work. If you have a job, I want you to love it because you do it four or six or eight or 10 hours a day and it affects the rest of your day. If you don't love your work, in fact, if you dislike your work, it affects everything. Recently, I was talking to someone who hates their job and it's so evident. It spills over into every part of their life and I can see it. Like when he talks, I can see it. So it affects your heart and it affects your soul and your spirit. It affects your family, your primary relationships, your ability to be present and enjoy life. And it actually affects the health of your physical body. So if you don't love your work, I want you, if you're out there listening, please consider what it might take to start loving it, the job that you have, or else consider the options for finding other work that fills your cup. In this day and age, there are so many options. And if you don't love your job, what would it hurt to explore other options? Just explore. Maybe have a conversation with a friend or a business coach or a life coach or a mentor or a family member. I'm curious, Missy, on a scale of one to 10, how much do you love your work? Oh, it's over a 10. I love yeah. my job. Yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't trade this for anything. And even on the days where, you know, things are stressful and things are hard and things aren't working the way I want them to, I would... I still would not give this up for anything. I would not, I wouldn't change any of it. Yeah. I love it. So and it, I've had a job I hated and it's hard to go to a job where you hate it. And when I just remember those Sunday nights were the worst because you got crabby and you got miserable and you were just like, you were mad at the world because you didn't want to go to work Monday morning. Like you didn't want Mondays to come. And Mondays are now my absolute favorite day of the week. And you know, and I find that I hear that more and more from other entrepreneurs who love their job, that they love Mondays because it is a fresh start to the week. You know, if you had a bad week last week, it's your do-over time. It's like, okay, now I'm going to plan things differently. 
this is what I learned from my cruddy week last week, but this week, this is what I'm going to do different. This is what I'm going to change. This is what I'm going to focus on. I don't know. I, I look at Mondays completely different than I ever used to. And yeah, I love the weekends. We have a great time. It's my time off. Um, but I no longer dread Mondays. I love them. They're my favorite. Mm, I love Mondays too. And I love my work too. Like a yeah. 10. Uh, over yep. a 10. A 10. So, uh, over so a 10. Good. Awesome. Yeah. Missy, I loved having you on. Thank you so much for coming and being one of the guests. I have a feeling that you might even like come again in like 25 episodes or something because I feel like these people are going to be like, we want to hear from Missy again. We want more. We want more. Your business experience and the fact that you've tried so many things and you've grown from a tiny seed of an idea into a huge business, it shows people what's possible. You are just such an inspiration. So we are all so glad that you listened to your intuition and said, okay, I think I'm supposed to do this. Let's go. Remember, if you're a maker like Missy and you do shows, there's a fun freebie for you that you can um, find in the show notes. And also the other people that we talked about and the other shows that we talked about during this episode, you can find in the show notes and those will be at angstaffy.com. If this was helpful, if this was a helpful episode, you guys, let me know in the comments. I want this to be inspiring and educational. And I want the topics and the guests to connect with you where you are now. I want you to be able to rest here and also think big. And I want you to get your business thoughts organized, which is sometimes tough for creative business owners. Let me know in one or two sentences what was helpful. And if you've listened to all the episodes, rate us on iTunes and make sure to subscribe. Missy, do you have anything else that you want these people to know or to leave with or to think as they are going on with the rest of their day? You know, I, like I said before, I think for anybody looking to pursue, you know, a different job or a different career or their own business that you just need to start somewhere and you actually need to put the pen to paper and like figure out a plan. You know, that was what I did when I finally allowed myself to dream that this could be a real thing, you know, because like I said, I was not even allowing myself to think about it as a possibility. But once I did, things just started to open up. And I took the time and I sat down and I wrote everything out, pros, cons, whatever it might be, just take the time to really think about what you want and what you want to do with your life. It's hard to go to work every day hating your job. So if you can do anything to change that, what would it be? Because like you said, possibilities are endless right now. Anybody could pretty much have any job that they really wanted to do. There's no reason why you can't. The only person holding yourself back is you. So I think you just need to take the steps to go forward and make it happen. I love that. What a great message to everyone. I'm grateful that you could come on board. Hey, wasn't Missy great to hear from? She has a great story and it's so inspiring. Missy's story helps you see what's possible. I call it living in the land of possibility. Thanks to Missy for her time and sharing with us. Do you know a brilliant creative who has an inspiring story? You can always send me a request to interview someone if you've got someone in mind. I'm not promising it will happen, but I'll definitely take a look. So the next episode, let's talk about that for a second. It's building a bit on this one, and we're going to be doing a deep dive on shows. So if you're a person who does pop-up shows, trade shows, art shows, craft festivals, fall festivals, holiday shows, whatever kind of show you do, 
If you do them, I want to help you guys get ready for your next show. And we're going to be doing an exercise that does require a download. So if you want to show up for next week's show, you're going to need to have the materials downloaded. At least that would be the most helpful way to do it. You can just listen, but next week's exercise is pretty coachy. So you might want a pencil or a pen and the printed materials. It's a little bit more, hmm, what's the word? Intense, involved, but it's awesome. And it's really going to help you get ready the right way for shows that are coming up. So even if you don't have a show for like two, three, four months, get in on this. This is preparation and preparation is key to set yourself up for a great show. Okay, you guys, that's all. I hope to see you for the next episode. And in the meantime, I hope you have a really successful feel-good week. Bye. Bye.